Our scripture reading this morning is Psalm 130, and if you'd like to follow along, it can be found on page 573 in your Blue Pew Bible. Out of the depths I cry to you, O Lord. Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to the voice of my supplications. If you, O Lord, should mark inequities, Lord, who could stand? But there is forgiveness with you, so that you may be revered. I wait for the Lord. My soul waits, and in God's word I hope. My soul waits for the Lord more than those who watch for the morning, more than those who watch for the morning. O Israel, hope in the Lord, for with the Lord there is steadfast love, and with God is great power to redeem. It is God who will redeem Israel from all its inequities. Have you ever imagined, or if you were to imagine, your life accompanied by a soundtrack or sound effects, what would you hear? Now, my colleagues and a few of you here who know me um, probably could say this in unison. My soundtrack at this particular moment would probably be wah, wah. The sound of something kind of depressing, unsettled, discouraged coming into a room. I tend to absorb the negative the world throws at us, and we all know there is plenty of that. Something in the way my soul was woven into relationship with others when I was young has me tethered by the sacred bonds to each of God's children. My wholeness is directly tied to others' wholeness. And when all is not well with the least of these, all cannot be fully well in me. I would guess I'm not alone in this weighed down sense of the world, the ease with which we slump our shoulders with each news report of tragedy, devastation, natural disaster, inhumanity towards one another. It's understandable. We are in a time when the daily crisis in the world feels paralyzing, and then there are weighty events in our own lives that others may not know of that can add to our sense of defeat, that can push us to our knees. Out of the depths I cry to you, O God. I do find myself drawn to laments, for a lament is to speak the truth that all is not well. Lament talks to God, about pain. It is a divinely given invitation to pour out our fears, frustrations, and sorrows for the purpose of helping us to renew our confidence in God. I cry to you, O God. Lord, hear my voice. The evocative opening of Psalm 130 addresses God directly, asking God to be attentive. This opening line is commonly used in prayers and hymns and spiritual songs as it expresses what it's like to pray when we are facing overwhelming challenges. Our hearts resonate with the psalmist, not with joyful praise or a quiet calm, but with urgent desperation. What in you surfaces this urgent desperation? We learn much about the beliefs of the psalmist in these words as this solo voice calls for God's attention and expresses confidence that God will hear. The writer also expresses belief that God does not mark inequities. The word inequities in Hebrew is avanath and occurs over 200 times in the Hebrew Bible. It is the primary word used to describe human sin and guilt in the prophetic writings. The root meaning of the word is to bend, 
curve, turn aside, twist, which allows us to see inequity as an act or mistake which is not right or is unjust. When I was in seminary, a visiting professor shared with us and said, the rest of the Bible speaks to us. The Psalms speak for us. I wonder how we would create a lament in this moment. What have we turned aside from seeing? What acts of twisted injustice have marred God's creation? What bent future are we making for our children? I fear in this day of social media and constant assessing of our status, we avoid any form of lament. For can we open ourselves to be vulnerable, to admit, to lift up that all is not well? The world is broken. My community is suffering. My life is a bit hollow. Are we willing to use the words of the psalmist, out of the depths I cry to you? In a book by Francis Weller, The Wild Edge of Sorrow, which focuses on grief, the author comments, it is an act of protest that declares our refusal to live numb and small. This is what lament can be, a release to acknowledge the hardness. When we do, this helps our hearts keep fluid and flexible, launching us on a pilgrimage in which we gradually are able to embrace the full scope of living. Lament reminds us of two crucial elements of the life of faith. First, sometimes we will be in the depths, the depths of despair, doubt, and desperation. There will be times when we will feel as if life is crashing in upon us. We can expect such times. The second, when we are in the depths, when we are invited to cry out to the Lord, we don't have to pretend that we are filled with trustful calm, we don't have to pray with carefully crafted prose. Rather, we can cry out to God with whatever words or sighs rise spontaneously from our lips to God. I crave more places and settings where we are encouraged and uplifted to share our brokenness, to speak our sadness, to admit our desperation, to lament. The psalm does not end here, though. It does not end in these moments of crying out, even when the suffering and injustices of our time make it hard to believe in the ark of love. We are beckoned by the psalmist to use the lament as a door we must pass through to be able to imagine hope, whether we know the full outcome or not. This ancient voice still sings words we need to hear today. I wait for the Lord, my soul waits, and in God's word, I hope. Indigenous Choctaw elder and Episcopal bishop Stephen Charleston comments, the tipping point of faith is the threshold of spiritual energy, where what we believe becomes what we do. Hope lets us literally see the presence and action of the holy in our everyday lives. When chaos imposes on our unsuspecting lives, it is hope that pulls us up and guides us forward. The type of hope we need today, I can freely say in our gathered group here, is a type of Christian hope as I identify it. And Christian hope does not rely on human will or insight, good luck, or a hundred positive thoughts. In the face of life's inevitable storms, we learn that hope is not something we can muster from within. 
hope comes from the faithfulness of God. This kind of hope does not reside in us because of us. This kind of hope resides within the faithfulness of God to us. The author, journalist, and theologian Krista Tippett talks about hope in many ways and in various interviews and conversations, and she named a way of experiencing hope that really resonated with me. She comments, I talk about hope being a muscle. It is not wishful thinking. It is not idealism. It is not even a belief that everything will be okay. It is an imaginative leap. She goes on saying, there are people who say, I refuse to accept that the world has to be this way. I'm going to throw my life, my pragmatism, and my intelligence at this insistence that it could be different and put it into practice. That's a muscular hope. This for me mirrors what the psalmist says, for with God there is steadfast love and great power to redeem. It is this muscular hope I need when I imagine what human life will be like if we do not address creation burning and drowning and crying out for sacred renewal. It is this muscular hope our marginalized brothers and sisters take hold of in the face of injustice, insisting it can be different and inviting all of us to help make it so. Biblical scholar Walter Brueggemann writes, hope and gospel faith is not just a vague feeling that things will work out, for it is evident things will not just work out. Rather, hope is the conviction against a great deal of data that God is tenacious and persistent in overcoming the deathliness of this world. We see throughout the biblical stories where community gathered and found support and courage and the will for collective action together and held one another accountable. The kind of deep hope we need in these moments is not an individual hope. It draws from the community of believers and bids us share and give. A story is told of a pastor making a visit some years ago to be with a church member's son who was dying of AIDS. The man's body was frail and weak. He looked at the pastor and he confessed, I've lost hope, and I don't think I believe in God anymore. The pastor moved with compassion and reached out his arms and said to him, that is okay, son. Lean on my faith. I have been walking closely with God, and I have sure hope in God who is watching over you. So take my hope and lean on my faith, God who sees you and calls you child. Through biblical truths and into our lives today, God calls us to be beloved community, to attend to one another, to uplift one another, to carry one another's burdens, and in these communal connections to share in the hope we profess to have in Christ. As I mentioned earlier, I stand in constant lament of how we have ravaged our planet Earth, and I ache over what we are leaving for our children and beyond. Perhaps as a minister to children, I crave a vibrant and whole future for them, yet I am unsure of what that will look like. It is a place where hope can be elusive because the path to healing and restoration is so vast. But perhaps it is exactly the place to exercise this muscular hope, living fully into the reality that I may not know how it is resolved, but I must take that imaginative leap. Catherine Hayhoe is a climate scientist and climate ambassador for the World Evangelical Alliance. 
among many other roles she has, and she advocates for open and honest and fact-based conversations. In her book, Saving Us, she comments she is often asked what gives her hope given the work she does. She says for hope, for her, hope means belief in a different, better way. Hayhoe asserts real hope does not come knocking on the door of our brains uninvited. We want to find it. If we want to find it, we have to roll up our sleeves and go out and look for it. She goes on, if we do, chances are we will find it. And then we have to practice it. Imperfectly, yet faithfully, we continue the ministry of Christ, shining the light of hope into places of great darkness, sharing the deep belief that the world can be different and God calls us to live in a practice of hope together. As Krista Tippett shares, I see the disarray, I see the broken power structures, I see the damage and the pain, and I also see people tending to that.